Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of realeverything.com. I'm all about loving the skin you're in and being healthy inside and out. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne of thepaleomom.com. I believe that scientific literacy is the key to improving public health. Welcome back to The Whole View, episode 445. We are moving on and changing topics. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot tell you. Um, So if you did not yet listen to the Patreons from last week, um, know that we made every effort to try to make the last two shows one show, and clearly it was too long to do that. Um, So thank you for your patience. We hope that all of that knowledge and information was helpful and we hope that you're as ready to move on as we are. So um, one of the things that I love about this week is um, supporting your health from the perspective of what you can control and what you can um, work with medical professionals on to optimize your own health as much as possible. Um, So we're going to be talking specifically about supplements, especially for those who um, are either on an autoimmune protocol or have been previously and, you know, are now kind of in a maintenance stage or, you know, whatever it might be for you. And I remember when I came to supplements for the first time, gosh, I think like eight or nine years ago at this point, and it was when my health was crashing from having been so, I was like low carb intermittent fasting and for someone without a gallbladder, Um, not digesting any of the food or nutrients that I had, just going right through. Um, And so I had to kind of like re-nourish myself with supplements. And what I want to say before we kind of fully jump into this is that we're going to share a lot of science and information, but this is not a hard and fast that at one point in your life, this is exactly what it is or needs to be or, you know, whatever. And then it never changes, you know, as you and your health changes, as you get older, um, for what your kids need is different from what you need is different from what your dad needs. Right. And so know that we are not medical professionals. We're coming at this from science and nutrient sufficiency uh, because we like facts. <laughs> That's what we do here. Um, but you need to work with a medical professional who can consider all of these factors for you. Uh, speaking of facts, I do want to read an amazing comment from Kim from our Patreon fam. Now our Patreon fam, have given us a whole pile of amazing, wonderful comments. But I didn't want to read this one because it kind of sums up not just our approach to the last four shows, but our approach to every single show. And I also like that Kim addressed it to Sarah, Stacy, Matt, and teams. I've been so thankful to you to tackle this topic. I know this has been hard on you emotionally, mentally, and physically. Your dedication to science and healthy living and your evolution from paleo to whole has prepared me over the years to value scientific fact, to listen with an open mind to trusted sources, and to follow your lead to adjust how I address my own health when evidence supports a shift. Our brains are wired to place more value on negativity, survival mechanism, and I know you've had a bit of that, so I just want to take a minute to cheer you on and let you all know I am incredibly grateful to your public service to make health science accessible. I may have gotten a little misty-eyed. I'm a little emotional. uh, Um, Thanks, Kim. Yeah, it's really appreciated and um, spot on. Good good choice. That said, we are going to kind of switch gears to um, more scientific facts and supporting health. So thank you for all of you being here, open-minded and wanting to learn. Um, Previously, we have talked about one of Sarah and I's personal favorite supplement brands, Just Thrive. Um, We haven't had a sponsored show in a while. So yes, Just Thrive is sponsoring the show. And that is because we personally use and love their products. So we have partnered with them to get you a 15% off code. Um, You can go to justthrivehealth.com slash the whole view and or use the code the whole view at checkout. And I will say I set up like auto shipment when I did this, when I went to the link Mm -hmm. and used the code. And um, with the auto shipment discount, it's like buying two bottles getting one free essentially. So, um, it's a really good deal. I personally use this deal to get my probiotics delivered. Um, and maybe Sarah, you can just give like a little overview on why we, 
personally find these to be so effective for us, why we love them. Yeah, I mean, we will be talking about probiotics, I think. It'll come up multiple times in the show, as will K2, and and Just Thrive has an amazing vitamin K2 supplement as well. But the the probiotic to me is like, it's it's Just Thrive's like flagship product. Um, But also for me, it is like such a, I mean, uniquely beneficial science-backed probiotic. It's different from the types of probiotics that you would find if you just went to like the refrigerated aisle at your local like health food store and looked at what they have there. The probiotics that they'll have in that aisle are all lactobacillus and bifidobacterium based. And those are really important probiotic strains, but they're also ones that we get from any kind of fermented food, uh, you know, something like sauerkraut or kombucha or kefir. Um, They're fairly easy to grow in our gut by eating more vegetables and fruit, for example. Um, Bacillus strains are soil-based organisms, and this is the type of bacteria that's in just Thrive Probiotic. And they're um, kind of like, I mean, they're a whole different genus of bacteria, but they're also a very different type of species. So there are several Bacillus species that are considered keystone species in the gut. So these are species that actually modify the environment to make the environment more conducive to other probiotics. And in fact, um, probably like the most notable is that bacillus can create an environment where lactobacillus can grow. So without bacillus sort of creating the environment, it kind of doesn't matter what other probiotics we're exposed to because we need the environment where these other bacteria are going to be able to thrive. And that's what bacillus does for us. And they do this through a couple of like really interesting mechanisms. So they can produce like literally hundreds, like 800-ish different selective antibiotic molecules that can reduce the growth of pathogenic bacteria, of fungi, of parasites, and actually like basically make all the bad things you don't want in your gut uh, not be able to grow. And that actually helps to maintain a healthy ecosystem. There's four different bacillus strains that have all been incredibly well studied in Just Thrive. Um, Bacillus subtilis, which has been shown to increase microbial diversity. It's really important for lactobacillus growth. Um, It's been shown to help restore a healthy gut microbiome after infection. Um, And then there's a bunch of, I mean, there's just, it's just linked to so many different benefits. Um, It's one of those like main vitamin producers. It produces amino acids. It aids digestion. It degrades cholesterol. It's just one of those super important um, species for maintaining a stable, healthy gut ecosystem. Just Thrive also has uh, Bacillus clausi, which has also been shown to be very effective at reducing infections, including like some pretty bad ones like Staph aureus and C. difficile. Um, it even has been shown in some studies to have therapeutic p- potential for SIBO. So like, I'm not going to go say just taking Bacillus clausi would cure SIBO, but certainly more studies would be needed to see exactly, you know, where, what the, like the quantity of that protection could actually be. Um, it's got, also has a whole pile of other like abilities to protect against potentially genotoxic agents. So things that are toxic to our genes. Um, and again, it's a great vitamin producer. Um, Bacillus coagulans actually is really impressive for aiding digestion. It produces alpha amylase, which helps us digest starchy carbs, which is super cool. And it's been shown to be really beneficial for a variety of gastrointestinal symptoms, like even being able to um, like reduce symptoms in people with IBS or people who regularly get gas after meals. Um, And again, that's probably through its impacts on digestion, but also its impacts on gut microbiome composition as a whole. Like it can reduce candida. Like it's it's pretty amazing. It can even reduce um, the growth of um, pathogenic bacteria that are typically responsible for food poisoning. And then there's a really important novel strain in Just Thrive that's like a patented, they're the only company that has this strain. It's a strain of Bacillus indicus, which has been shown in studies to produce at least 11 different carotenoids right in the gut where they're most easily absorbed. So that's things like lycopene, lutein, 
astaxanthin, zeaxanthin, uh, gamma carotene, beta carotene. It can even produce CoQ10 right in the gut. And also like all the B vitamins and vitamin K2. So it is a wonderful, like it's, it's literally like a bacteria that increases the nutrients um, by forming them directly in our digestive tract where they're most easily absorbed. So these are like four just like really important strains. And in a normal world, where we would get exposed to these is dirt. Um, we would eat them if we pulled a carrot out of the ground, if grown in like good organic so uh, soil and stuck that carrot directly into our mouths. Not very many people are doing that. Um, most of us, you know, our food is is washed. We're not, you know, playing in um, organic soil the way, um, you know, we would have 100 years ago if we had a kitchen garden in our backyards. And so because our lives are so hygienic now, our exposure to bacillus species in our environment is really, really low. And it's thought that these are some of the probiotics that are really important in terms of the hygiene hypothesis. So this idea that our overly sterile lives mean we're missing out on exposure to really important probiotics that help to regulate the immune system, right? Regulate hormones and neurotransmitters to maintain health. So just Thrive Probiotic basically gives us exposure to this without the part where we have to go in the backyard and like lick the ground. Or um, if you're me, playing with um I have now 60 house plants we counted this week it's a concern um <laughs> but I still take my probiotic every day <laughs> yes you're not licking licking the, the potting soil either no, right no 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 well I do you do have to test for moisture with using your hands like this is this is the best way to be a plant parent is to really like know your plants and their moisture <laughs> level in the soil. So I am getting soil on my hands, but um, I'm washing them after because that is what CDC says to do. So I am, I am going to quote the movie cats and dogs and oh, say, no. it's okay to know your house plants. But it's not okay to know, <laughs> know your house plants. plants. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. Sometimes I also dust them with a microfiber cloth and I tell them how beautiful they are. It's probably bordering on like too much love. So let's change topics and jump into the show. <laughs> so we have a question from Sarah, not, not me, a different Sarah. There's more than one of us in the world. Um, and Sarah wrote, I'm wondering what vitamin D supplement you recommend. When starting AIP, I was still taking my regular one, but realized it had soy in it. I just listened to the vitamin D episode and realized how important it is for skin health. I need to get a new vitamin D and wanted to know what you recommend. I'm already doing vital proteins, collagen, zinc, fermented cod liver oil supplements, anything else you recommend. I'm three weeks in and feeling a lot better, but I do miss eggs, chocolate, rice, cooked with homemade broth the most. I love your podcast so much and get to listen to podcasts while I sew for my job all day. You girls really made the day go by fast with your puns and science. Thanks for all the knowledge. I just, as a side note, I want to say that I sent Sarah a pun via text yesterday because it was too good to not share. It was super good. I, again, I've said this on the show approximately a hundred times, but I really do view puns as the highest form of humor. And I always appreciate a good pun. It was, and it was like the fact that you think it's the highest form. It was my 10 year old. So, um, Okay, so first and foremost, I just want to remind Sarah, and this question might have been submitted before this last show, um, we are no longer endorsing or recommending the brand of collagen that she referenced, Vital Proteins. We talked about looking at labels and determining if something is a good fit for you. If, Sarah, you think that's a good fit for you, like... It's not our job to make that decision for you. But if you're making all this effort to clean up your diet, adding a potential ingredient that is potentially sourced from gluten because the form of hyaluronic acid that is now being added is not disclosed. And we do know that the ascorbic acid that is added is coming from corn. So if you're removing all of this stuff to try to heal, but then you're taking a supplement that has ingredients that are kind of counter it acting what the efforts that you're making, it's going to potentially derail your efforts. So I just kind of want to like <laughs> put 
put that out there because I know we've talked around this a lot. And um, we did go into details on episode 430, more about the process of collagen and different additives and ingredients that might not even be disclosed on a label. Um, and um, if you're looking for more broth, um, in that show, we also talked about Paleo Valley as being um, a source that you can um, put bone broth powder in a lot of things. And when you said that you missed rice with broth, it made me think about how much I really love and haven't had in a long time cauliflower puree. And um, Mm. we, we make it with broth. We kind of like add broth to it to really make it loose. And then I add ghee to mine. But if you're working on AIP, you could add lard to yours. And it has so much flavor and will give you that comfort. Like the rice cooked in broth would almost like a cream of wheat does that mean like not cream of yeah isn't that what it's called yeah or like a almost like a polenta yeah 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 yeah, something along those veins super comforting um yeah it really can like hit that button plus like it's like way more nutrient dense which is also for me I'm like anytime I can swap something out on my plate for like something that's like a vegetable, which might have like 10 times more nutrition. I'm like, I always have this little like, oh, look at, look at me. I'm like, I'm, all, I'm just, I'm proud <laughs> of myself. Dance. I'm like, I have this little like, <laughs> nutrient I'm dance. So I'm doing so well here with my veggie puree instead of mashed potatoes. Yeah. Um, although potatoes, I guess, are a vegetable, but they still, they get their own little category. Um, I, I think I want to start with sort of saying there are lots of soy free vitamin D's out there on the market. Um, Life Extension has one, for example. Um, I think another really great option is um, Real Mushrooms has a vitamin D2 that is from mushrooms that are, it's basically like oyster mushroom and button mushroom, which are like their extracts are not very immune stimulatory. So they are, you know, pretty neutral when it comes to the AIP. And there are studies showing that it doesn't really matter what form of vitamin D we take. Like we can uh, increase our serum levels with vitamin D2 sort of just as effectively as D3. The only difference between them is that a synthetic D2 is not very stable. Um, So um, a mushroom D2 is very stable. So that's why if you're going to go that route, uh, real mushrooms, vitamin D2 is awesome. Um, otherwise there's, there's, you know, if you just Google like soy free vitamin D, you'll end up with a bajillion options. Um, I kind of want to take Sarah's question though, and, and take, take the 20,000 foot view or 30,000 foot view and really talk about supplements on the AIP in part because I answered Sarah's question in like 20 seconds and that wouldn't make a very good podcast. Um, but also because um, I'm wrapping up the IP lecture series this week, and this is like a question every single session. It's a question that we get a lot, which is like, I'm on the AIP. What supplements do I need to take? So let's, let's sort of break it down. I think of supplements on the autoimmune protocol as falling into four different categories. And let's just start by saying, reiterating what Stacey said at the top of the show, is that there's no one size fits all. There's no, if you're on the AIP, here's the three supplements that you have to take. Um, these, And as we get into it, you'll you'll start to see, like, it's there's a, a, an overarching philosophy behind all of these. But the four categories that I think of, one is supplementing, targeted supplementation to... Um, provide things that are really hard to get from the modern food supply. The second is food-based supplements for those nutrient-dense superfoods that you may have some kind of barriers to getting enough of. The third is targeted supplementation to address severe deficiencies. And the fourth is targeted supplementation for other purposes. So let's, let's get into that a little bit. Um, our modern food supply is somewhat depleted of minerals, especially some vitamins. Um, you know, uh, conventional raised meat has lower vitamin levels, has a skewed fat profile. Um, the types of vegetables and fruit that you'll get at the grocery store 
might have half the mineral content of like the exact same carrot that you could have bought 50 to 70 years ago. And that's because that type of farming uh, depletes the soil. And if the soil doesn't have those minerals, the vegetable grown in it's not going to have those minerals. But probably the, the most important thing that we um, really aren't getting if we're buying our groceries at even a fancy grocery store, like a lot of that you can sort of uh, address by getting the higher quality, right? The organically grown or the locally grown even better from a, from a local farmer, uh, fruits and vegetables by getting the grass-fed or pasture-raised or organic meat, right? The better the quality um, of the dirt that the uh, produce is grown in, the more nutrients it will have. And then the better the quality of the diet that an animal food is fed, the more nutrient-dense their meat will be. And so that's basically just a an overarching theme across the entire food supply. And it's, it's one of the big reasons to um, look at higher quality foods if that's accessible to you. And it's also another good reason to um, understand the trade-off, right? When you're choosing, um, you know, the regular carrots at the regular old grocery store versus the carrots at your farmer's market, right? Um, and so this is where, there's a give and take. Um, often the higher quality food is more expensive, but this is where plugging into the local food supply can usually give you the best of both worlds because often buying at a farmer's market will be better quality food for similar, if not cheaper prices than a grocery store. Depending on where you live, it's obviously regional. As I mentioned, when we were sort of talking about why Just Thrive Probiotic is so special, this is like the number one thing I put into this first category of something that's really hard to get from the modern food supply. And that's because even like my local farmer's market, even buying my fruits and vegetables there, um, almost every farmer goes through a really extensive washing process to make their fruits and vegetables look more like the ones that we're getting at the grocery store. So even for me buying at my farmer's market, I'm not getting very much that's like coated in dirt. Um, it's everything's really, really well washed. And so even with that higher quality fruit and vegetable, I still don't think I'm getting exposed to levels of soil-based organisms, especially bacillus bacteria, that I would have if I had said, you know, grown that in my backyard, just kind of like rubbed off the big chunks and then eaten the carrot right out of the ground. So this is one thing that um, we would have been exposed to historically up until probably the 1950s and sort of the advent of the grocery store and um, and something that you know, especially with all the different cleaners out there, it's something that we're just not getting exposed to now. So soil-based organisms like Just Thrive Probiotic is one of the things that we would normally get exposed to in food that we just aren't in the modern food supply. So that's the big one under category one. Food-based supplements for nutrient-dense superfoods, category two. Um, we've talked about this on the show a lot because we've talked about challenges to getting enough vegetables. We've talked about challenges to getting uh, bone broth. Like, What if you don't like the smell of bone broth? We've talked about challenges to getting organ meat in our diets. And so this is where I sort of see like where food-based supplements can fill that gap. Um, you know, if uh, you don't like the smell of broth simmering on your stove, and that's actually uh, an aversion that we hear about a lot in our, in our podcast questions, um, there's boxed broths, there's Paleo Valley bone broth protein, which we talked about on episode 430. Um, there are lots of other sort of, you know, great ways to get broth um, into our diets, whether it's a powder that you add to a smoothie or like a boxed or jar broth um, that you can make your own homemade soup with and sort of skip over the, the homemade, um, the homemade broth-esque uh, like procedures with organ meat. Um, there's like some really great brands of encapsulated organ meat right now. Paleo Valley has an organ complex, um, that has liver and kidney and heart in it. So it's a great, like three in one supplement. Um, and I also really love the liver pills from smidge. Um, they're really, really high quality. So there's, there's great options now for getting, organ meats in a pill. And I know, Stacey, I have found getting organ meat to be much harder during the pandemic. And I have really relied on 
encapsulated Oregon meats this past year. Yeah, I switched to Paleo Valley, gosh, maybe four months ago, maybe longer. And um, I really like their organ complex. I like that it has um, a variety of organs, not mm-hmm. just liver. Um, you're going to talk about additional targeted supplementation next. And I would I would argue that you could put the organ complex in that category because it has so many additional um, nutrient-dense foods in that yep. um, synergistic form versus when I was just taking liver pills before it was really about a B a, like a B supplement for me you know and now it's it's a broader supplement which I, I like so I will tell you I just had a, a doctor's appointment last week to go over some test results and my doctor said your B12 is awesome are you taking B12 and I said no I'm, I'm taking organ meat pills every morning and he was like keep it up like he was so excited because my b12 has never been that good oh for sure um yeah and i have mthfr which we did a show in a while ago but if you're not familiar or if you have this it means that your body's ability to properly um, process and absorb b is very difficult and oftentimes they tell you to get a very expensive supplement A, a doctor would say get methylated b vitamins and um I have found, again, I'm not a medical professional, you can talk to your doctor, but I have personally found that this synergistic form of it um, allows my body to absorb it just as well, if not better, as when I was taking a methylated B12 supplement. So, um, plus it gives a really great energy boost. I take them when I'm traveling and hand them out to people as a hangover cure. Like they really are a great, you know, like B12 (laughs) shots are like energy shots, you know, like people take those. And so um, when people have a hangover, I literally am like, you know, at the breakfast table, like, want some liver pills? (laughs) Um, I mean... That's that's hysterically funny to me. Not that anyone's traveling, but I'm telling you, I'm it's a good morning boost. Oh, for sure. I'm just imagining the the look on people's faces when they're like, "This is a hangover cure I've not heard of before." There's there's that look for a second, and then there's that look of like, "I feel like dog poo poo. I will be happy to try anything to fix this." <laughs> yeah. So. And then there's the look of like, wait, now I need to like bring this with me every time I travel. Oh, yeah. No. And like I've seen people later on follow up trips, you know, because I do um, conferences and stuff like that where I see the same people kind of over and over. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I, I got my own liver pills to bring with me this time. <laughs> like, like, yes, spreading the word. <laughs> um, so organ meat, there's there's great supplements to be able to to fill that gap if you don't like cooking organ meat or like me in the pandemic finding it harder harder to find um for seafood you know we talked about fish oil on episode 415 um sort of fulfilling that gap with omega-3s but also the because it's a um we recommend rosita cod liver oil on that show because it's a cod liver oil it's also very fat soluble vitamin rich Um, Smidge, who I mentioned has great quality liver pills. They also have a product called oyster zinc, which is just like dried powdered oyster in a capsule. So if you're not allergic to oysters, but you don't like shellfish, um, first of all, I'm I'm not sure we can be friends because I love shellfish. But second of all, uh, this is a great, like a great way to bypass that, um, and just get, get the oyster in, in pill form. I will warn you, Stacey, I don't know if you've ever tried this product, but the capsules stink and you do not want to stick them in your mouth and then realize there's not enough water in your glass to swallow them all down. That is not a thing you want to do with smidge oyster zinc. You definitely want to have a full glass of water. But it's, I mean, it's such a convenient supplement for getting all of those minerals, also super high in B vitamins um, and vitamin A and vitamin D. Um, it's a, like, it's a super awesome supplement, but I don't want any of our listeners to be like, I'm going to make, you know, I don't like oysters. I'm going to make oysters super easy and get smidge oyster zinc and then be like, why do these capsules smell like this? It is a well-known, is a well-known quirk of the capsules. Um, so I, I feel like transparency is really important. Um, but it's like super convenient. I don't like canned oysters, but I love fresh oysters and we actually got, um, them shipped to us because I've been 
missing them. So there are companies that when they're in season will ship you fresh fresh oysters. And it was kind of a fun project. I say fun because Matt did it. It wasn't fun for him. It was fun for me to watch and eat fresh oysters. <laughs> um, but don't, if someone like shrimp, isn't that a good source of zinc as well? Yeah, shrimp's not um, like in the grand scheme of shellfish. Shrimp is the is the weakling. Um, so I shrimp feel like has it's, it's accessible, you know. Yes, and lots of people like shrimp. It doesn't have the high mineral content than that the mollusk family has. Um, so it's sort of missing that, but it is very good for vitamins, and it's still like so seafood protein is the best protein for the gut microbiome. It's the most easily digested. Like shrimp is an amazing lean protein source. Um, I also love shrimp. So I'm, I'm, I'm not picky when it comes to shellfish. They're all good. They're all my favorite. That's what I'm trying to say. I love them equally. Okay. You mentioned mushrooms already and vegetables already, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that this is part of the food-based supplement category here? Yeah, for sure. So there are freeze-dried veggie powders. We actually talked about these on episode 373 and sort of compared them in terms of nutrients to fresh vegetables. Um, Freeze-drying is definitely the, the process to look for if you're buying a veggie powder. There is no veggie blend um, you know, like greens supplement that I like. Every single one has at least like, it's not even just one ingredient. It's like at least three ingredients that I'm like, ugh, why did you have to add that thing? Like, why did you have to add, you know, chlorella or spirulina or monk fruit or stevia um, or <laughs> wheatgrass or barley grass or like, there's always like something when I'm reading those labels that I go, yeah, you had me until I read this, this ingredient. Um, and so uh, for now, you know, my recommendation, if freeze-dried veggie powders in a smoothie is going to be something that is way more accessible to you and going to make it way easier is to get a few different ones and make your own blend. I actually did this a couple of weeks ago, Stacey. I bought 18 different fruits and vegetables. It was an upfront investment, let me tell you. Um, And then I dumped all the powders into my biggest stock pot and stirred them together, which... um, it was, I mean, I needed to cackle a little bit more. It was quite the boil and boil, toil and trouble moment. And uh, But no heat. You were just mixing. No heat. I was just mixing. But it yeah. kind of, because some of the powders were really fine, so yeah. that it kind of make these little, like, green clouds. Um, and so I, like, I made my own. And it's been, um, it was probably enough to last, I'm guessing, at least six months, if not a year, um, with, like, myself having... Um, a few scoops a day and well, as well as my husband. And it's just to like make it easier to get vegetables, especially in the morning when we're feeling kind of rushed. And um, I'm like really impressed with how, like how good it tasted right off the bat. Um, I just basically got everything that I could find that was a whole vegetable that was freeze dried and not like a juice or that was dried or that was, you know, heat, some kind of heat drying process. Yeah, you just need to watch out for juices and pulps because yeah. they're not going to be the whole form of the vegetable. Exactly. So, um, I personally have just been really leaning into smoothies as a way to do this, mm-hmm. but I know you don't like smoothies. So um, it's and- funny because just taking this veggie powder and mixing it with water, it's much more like a veggie juice than a smoothie that I like. But if I put it in a smoothie with a banana and some protein powder, I wouldn't like it. You you should see my face. Like my 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 belief system of your palate is questionable right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we didn't mention mushrooms. And I know that you classify them as their own category of mm-hmm. vegetables. We talked about that in episode 392, I think. Yeah. Um, so I love real mushrooms. They are the only mushroom extract company that I endorse. Um, the only one that I use personally, and it's because they are like super quality obsessed. So they really make sure that it's always like mature mushrooms rather than 
um, some of the lower quality extracts will include like the root, which is called mycelium, which is doesn't have all the beneficial compounds. And you can end up getting some of the some starch from the growing medium into that product. And so I, you know, like one of the things I love about real mushrooms is how quality obsessed they are. It's all USDA organic, everything's sustainably grown. And you can get, you know, they have a product called Five Defenders, which is a blend of five different mushrooms, but you can also grab individuals. The powders are the most affordable, but if you really don't like putting, like I put a little bit of powder into my coffee in the morning because bitter and bitter love each other. Um, but if that's Again, not your thing, I roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But so if that's not your thing, they also have capsules, which makes it super easy. And what I actually, cause I eat a ton of mushrooms and I still use real mushrooms. And it, for me, it's because the types of, um, mushrooms that real mushrooms has are like not necessarily culinary mushrooms that I can just get at my local store. So it's for me, it's also expanding my mushroom variety. There's a local vendor here that I'm able to find seasonally at the farmer's market that has like the most incredible variety of mushrooms. And we were making mushroom soup with like seven different kinds of mushrooms in Mm. a huge batch once a week for months. And then the season was over and they were gone and I was heartbroken. Oh, no. But I also really like um, real mushrooms uh, capsules because um, I don't like the flavor of mushroom where mushroom is not supposed to be found in my mind, right? If you if you think that mushrooms are supposed to be found in your coffee, good on you. That's awesome. My brain is like, there should be coffee in your coffee. <laughs> Um, I'm more saying that because, so because I like bitter coffee, um, so I like a really dark roast. So I already like that bitter flavor. It masks the bitterness of a mushroom extract. So I can't taste the mushrooms in my coffee because I taste the coffee, but I also really like bitter coffee. So any little bitterness hint from the mushrooms actually makes it more enjoyable, but it's not like my coffee tastes like mushrooms. I will say we got a question a while ago and it's in the queue for who knows when, um, Maybe never. And so I'll just mention here for the person who asked that question. I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. Um, they had asked about the source of mushrooms and how can you tell because oftentimes it's grown on something that is dead. Mushrooms are um, mm-hmm. the quality of something. And so I do want to point out that on real mushrooms, they're they're doing third-party testing for quality and safety of mushrooms. So if you're concerned for whatever reason about the source of um, mushrooms, and I I think that there are a lot of like gimmicky mushroom products on the market that I'm not sure about the quality and that sort of thing, but I can say that real mushrooms has um, no grains, just mushrooms, third-party tested, um, certified organic, all that kind of stuff. So if you are trying to kind of level up your mushroom game in terms of the nutrients that it can support for you, um, that could be a good way to do it. And um, I don't know what the that local mushroom farmer is growing the mushrooms on here, but they were really good, and I'm sad that the season's <laughs> over. I actually have some dead um, trees that we've, like, cut down but left a, a tall stump in the backyard. Do you know what I'm talking Ooh. about? And yeah. um, try, try oyster mushrooms. I think those are supposed to be the easiest to grow in a stump. So one of them has, like, flourished with some sort of fungus stump. of some kind, and I'm like, what's happening? And then I was like, oh, my gosh, I could I could, like, do a mushroom farm back here. So... Maybe someday. <laughs> it seems uh, it seems daunting, I know. but I, I I'm like, oh, that would be so good because I love we our whole family, everybody but Wesley loves mushrooms. One of my local farmers does uh, oyster, shiitake, and lion's mane, and I'm pretty sure they do all of them in stumps because um, I've been to their farm and I've certainly seen the oyster mushrooms and they've, they have volunteered to like, if I just bring a giant log of, they said sweet gum tree is oyster mushrooms favorite that they'll like help me like turn that into my own oyster mushrooms in my, my backyard. Um, and then pandemic it. So I haven't been able to take them up on that offer, but, um, yeah, I like definitely think that is a really cool thing to do in a backyard. A year um, from now, Sarah and I are going to be mushroom farmers and yeah. I think we're all going to come out of quarantine a little bit weirder <laughs> and that's so true we're all going to have 
quirks and weird phobias and also uh, new unique hobbies. Um, the last food um, based supplement that I will put under this second category of, you know, basically food based supplements for nutrient dense superfoods that are really important, but that you may not like or have some other otherwise a sensitivity to would be fermented foods. Um, and this is where, you know, taking a, a probiotic like Just Thrive can really help fill in that gap because Just Thrive, they actually did um, a clinical trial. Um, I'm not sure if it's uh, in print yet, but they've the, certainly the individual strains have, have shown this as well, that they can actually increase microbial diversity. And again, it's just that effect of, you know, bacillus being a keystone species where it modifies the environment so that probiotic bacteria are really happy to live there. Um, and so that, you know, if, if you're, if you're really not into any kind of fermented food, um, really don't like kombucha or kefir or any of it, um, the place to start in terms of, of supplementing that is just Thrive Probiotic because it really does make all of these other species that are a little bit more sensitive to the food that you're like lactobacillus and bifidobacterium are quite happy to grow in your gut if you're eating lots of vegetables um, and some fruit and they also like you know fish and olive oil um, and so the the key thing to supplement there is the bacillus base to make sure the gut environment is great and then you eat the food that they like to eat and then they're happy um, so I, taking like fermented foods specifically helps to re-inoculate the gut but helping them grow is all of those other factors. I would also say you don't have to not like those things. Like for me, I felt like I was doing a lot of probiotics because when I was AIP, I was strictly dairy free. And so <laughs> I was even like making my own kombucha and sauerkraut as well as purchasing the brands that I could from the store, but I was trying to create more diversity from like making it at home. And I still did not have the kind of result. And what I mean by result is my sugar cravings are significantly decreased on Just Thrive. So for me personally, I can tell that it's supporting positive gut microbiome from how it's directing my cravings, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but I did not have the same kind of result from really making an effort to consume fermented foods like I was before. And I mean, I haven't stopped loving kombucha or um, I don't seek out sauerkraut maybe as much as I was doing before, but I'm still, you know, I just want to tell our listeners, like it's not one or the other on all of these things, right? Yeah. Like it's possible to still enjoy and consume fermented foods, but want to really support your, um, gut microbiome and, and all the benefits that a probiotic would have. The same with like all these other um, targeted food supplements. It's possible that you enjoy oysters, but because of quarantine or because t they're seasonal or whatever, you're not getting um, zinc at that time. Or you know what I mean? Like just yep. keep in mind that that's what I meant at the top by these things fluctuate based on what's going on in your life, based on what you need. And it's totally possible that you are doing these food-based supplements, but still needing some additional support. So I know we're going to talk about testing next, but, but I really kind of want to encourage people to be open to the idea that just because you love mushrooms, you might not be getting all of the benefits of them from however much you're, you're eating. It's really individual to your own needs. For sure. Um, and that's actually like the most amazing segue into like this third category, which is targeted supplementation for severe deficiency, which might be targeted food-based supplements. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, targeted synthetic or bioidentical or, you know, like it doesn't mean that it's just this one vitamin because you have deficiency. Um, you might still choose encapsulated liver, right, to, to meet that shortfall. So this is where we get into the test don't guess range, though. Um, this is where we start wanting to work with a functional medicine specialist, somebody who can do um, ideally like detailed testing and go like, look, you know, if our vitamin D level is low, the chances of us being able to get our levels up by, you know, eating a lot of seafood and spending a lot more time out in the sun 
are pretty low. Um, it's, it's really hard to address vitamin D deficiency without supplementing. Um, and vitamin D deficiency is incredibly common as we talked about on our vitamin D show. And you might, you know, if you're vitamin D deficient and you're taking high doses of vitamin D, as we talked about in episode 417, you might want to also take vitamin K2, um, which is again, just thrive has an awesome K2. Um, and that might be an important supplement to take because of how they synergistically work to support calcium metabolism. So vitamin D is like the most sort of like obvious example here of a severe deficiency in which you may want to supplement in a targeted way. Other really common deficiencies, at least in autoimmune disease, are iron and vitamin B12. But it can actually be quite surprising, um, you know, um, depending on your diet, your stress, your genetics. I mean, you might have a gene that doesn't convert carotenoids into vitamin A very well, and that therefore you don't have enough vitamin A in your body, or you might have a methylation deficiency. So you have functional B vitamin deficiency because your body can't turn them on, basically. You can't activate them. So there's lots of different shades of these sort of specific nutrient deficiencies. Um, some of them can be tested with a really simple blood test, but there are some functional assays that are really, really cool. There's one um, that I did years ago called SpectraCell. And what they do is they grow your blood cells in a whole pile of different depleted mediums. So like this medium that is like it's a medium is like a solution that provides food for the cells. But each medium would have one thing that it's deficient in. So this one might have not enough uh, choline and this one ha might not have not enough magnesium. And then if your cells have a good store of that nutrient, they will survive better in that depleted medium than if they were already kind of borderline to begin with or deficient to begin with. So if you're, if you're magnesium deficient and you take your blood cells and try to grow them in a magnesium deficient medium, those blood cells will die off faster than if you actually already got tons of magnesium. And so that's a really cool way to measure, um, to measure what would be called like functional nutrient deficiency. So um, then from that data, then you can go, okay, like here's, here's the, the three things that I need and, oh, hey, they're all B vitamins that I got, can I all get from liver. I'm just going to eat more liver. Like you still might want to address the deficiency with food, but just note that really severe deficiencies, um, it's, there's, there's often not a, there might be a great food to maintain normal levels once you get them up with a, with a um, supplement for just that nutrient, but you might need to like just, you know, B12 injections or something like that to get your B12 up. And then you can maintain your B12 with, you know, liver and oysters, but you may need to do something to get your levels into the normal range before food is sufficient to keep it there. I just want to kind of echo back to your K2 comment and say that I personally, again, this is one of those things where a year ago when I was looking at what my body needed, um, I didn't know anything about K2 other than it's in butter. <laughs> so I was like, it's cool. I'm getting it. Um, and then uh, we did as much education as we've done over the past year in terms of the long-term effects of COVID on the heart potentially and um, having had this and after having done episode 417 about vitamin K2, like um, it is something that I take as seriously as I take my liver pills and my probiotics now. Cause you know, there's like some supplements where you're just like not feeling that big fistful in the morning. Um, yeah it is one of the ones that's like, nope, this, this is the one <laughs> like, you're taking this today. Um, yeah, I, I take it as well. Um, I also, um, through, so I work, I've, I've worked with a functional medicine specialist since 2014 and we do, um, blood work every three months and, um, vitamin D is one thing that we've just discovered. I need to take a really large dose to keep my levels in the functional range. And I noticed that as soon as I added K2, that like everything kind of fell into place a little bit. And I was like, oh, I see I was missing. I was missing a piece of the equation. Um, so K2 is also something that I have really noticed a big difference in. Um, and that's, you know, 
it's not like I didn't eat K2 rich foods. It's probably related to, uh, you know, some kind of genetic predisposition to vitamin D deficiency. That means K2 needs to be there to help, um, larger doses in supplement form do all the right things in terms of, um, managing mineral metabolism. But yeah, I second that. Okay. I know this list is getting long and overwhelming. And Sarah's original question was like, I'm doing these three things. <laughs> is this good? Um, so just to kind of like recap, working with a medical professional will help you prioritize this, right? And um, we're, we're talking about testing, don't guess. And a lot of the things that we're talking about up until kind of this point are things that um, you can understand why you would be able to prioritize these foods in maybe a different environment or in the past to understand the biological evolution of why you would have more vitamin D because we would be outside and not in our homes mm -hmm. all the time, you know, like all of these things. So moving into kind of the more nitty gritty of things, right? Like this is where we're, we're really kind of tinkering. It's, it's next level. It's, working with a medical professional to identify additional issues, that kind of stuff, right? Is that, I'm guessing, fourth category? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is where we start liking it to a hurricane and call it cat four um, for a reason, because this is, you know, none of this is stuff that you would take without, um, without testing and monitoring from a um, healthcare professional. This is the kind of thing that functional medicine doctors do all the time, but that doesn't mean that only a functional medicine doctor would, you know, do this kind of testing and, and supplementation or even medication to address. And I kind of, because this is the type of stuff that you would only do with under medical supervision, I want to just kind of like quickly talk about the types of things that it is, because this isn't something that I think any of our listeners are going to be going out and be like, I'm just going to go take that thing. Um, so let's just kind of like broad overview, what kind of things might be called for when you start doing that sort of like root cause, um, type testing with, um, you know, functional or integrative medicine practitioner. So the, the lowest hanging fruit on here would be digestive support supplements. Um, you know, unless you say don't have a, a gallbladder, so you know, for sure that, taking some, some ox bile would help support digestion. Other than that, you're, you're going to work with, um, a, a practitioner who will look at, you can assess digestion efficacy through stool testing. Um, it basically looks for undigested proteins and fats and carbohydrates and goes, aha, like your pancreas is not doing its thing or your stomach acid is probably low. Um, and then there's lots of great options for supplements to support digestion. And that by itself can actually make a really big difference because if you're digesting your food, you're absorbing more nutrients and all of a sudden you're getting all of the benefits of all of the nutrient dense foods that you're eating. So that can be a, a missing link that's fairly common with autoimmune disease, especially chronic stress, or if you've ever had a condition like, um, you know, gallstones that can impact directly, um, part of the digestive process. Um, another one is what is colloquially referred to as adrenal fatigue, but is actually like a huge spectrum of um, HPA axis dysfunction related to chronic stress. So that can actually involve high cortisol or low cortisol or cortisol that is high or low at the wrong time of day. So just like not regulated properly. Um, that's where adaptogens can be really helpful, but you need to know about adaptogens that some stimulate adrenal function and some suppress adrenal function. So you really need to have the type of testing that tests a time course throughout the day, like four different times throughout the day and looks at what your um, adrenal hormones are doing throughout the whole day. And then the adaptogen needs to be catered to exactly what your cortisol is doing. So this is a hundred percent. I, I, tell you, I can't stand these like stress support supplements, um, that you can get in like a health food store. And what they do is they put a bunch of stimulators and suppressors in the same supplement and go, here you go. I'm like, that doesn't help anybody. That's not going to be the right 
adaptogen mix for like maybe like one person out of 3000, that's going to be the right mix for them. Um, so this is where working with a professional is like super important because adaptogens always need to be catered and probably adjusted over time. Um, because the way your adrenal glands might be, uh, you know, shenaniganing, I turned that into a verb, um, now might be different than the shenanigans they're up to in six months. So, um, adaptogens are not just a, a blanket cure-all. There's a huge class of them. They have different effects and they need to be catered in response to testing. Uh, probiotics might be called for for severe gut dysbiosis. Like maybe you do some, uh, you know, hydrogen methane breath test for SIBO or some stool analysis. Um, Just Thrive is in this category too. Um, but that's the type of testing, right, that, again, a medical professional would do and then would come up with a with a plan based on, you know, what type of, um, you know, do you have hydrogen producers or methane producers? And then we're going to choose a probably a selective antimicrobial and then we're going to do a restoring of the gut microbiome afterwards. It's going to be all arranged by your doctor in response to your test results. Um, it's very common for people with autoimmune disease to have lower levels of um, antioxidant enzymes like glutathione. Um, so if that was tested for, um, you know, you could do glutathione in IV nutrition therapy, um, or your doctor might want you to take liposomal glutathione or um, N-acetylcysteine, which actually helps with glutathione recycling in the body. Um, so that's sort of like a common thing that might happen. Um, you might have um, pain that needs to be managed in order to sleep better. Um, and your practitioner might recommend CBD or something like turmeric or something like red light therapy, which we've talked about on the show before. Um, you might have hormone imbalances and that might require a bioidentical hormone supplementation to bring your levels up, or it might require a supplement like DIM to help reduce to high levels that's typically done in conjunction with high insoluble fiber intake from vegetables um, to help uh, eliminate excess hormones from the body. You might have a severely leaky gut and might do a supplement course, you know, something like glutamine for that. Maybe you have sleep disturbances um, and you can look at supplements to support uh, neurotransmitter systems, uh, dopamine and serotonin systems, or you might take something like melatonin, which we talked about in episode 314 for that. So all of these like different, different things are really like next level. Um, they're really, um, you know, they're always these types of supplements. You always want your doctor to know you're taking them. Some of them you for sure want your doctor to not just know you're taking it, but do routine testing to monitor, um, you know, and especially if you're going to go on something that's going to overtly manipulate a body system, um, like adaptogens, you want to be retesting your adrenals, um, every, you know, maybe only every six months, but like at least that often, if not more often, um, you know, if, if you're doing supplemental hormones, you want to be again, sort of retesting probably every three to six months. So, um, all of these things require that sort of like close interaction with a healthcare provider who's monitoring you. And it's not something to go, I think I have this based on these symptoms that Dr. Google says, it's probably this, and I'm just going to go take these supplements. This is all time to go get a really great healthcare professional to work with. Agreed. And I just want to say, you might not need all of this and you might benefit from all this. We have done a lot of shows, as Sarah mentioned, on why we've given um, prioritization to some of these. And like even the fact that CBD is listed here, I'm like, I mean, it's a supplement. Yes, but I wouldn't like categorize it like this. Melatonin. Yes. But, you know, I think of those as separately from like the lineup that I have for my morning and nighttime routines because it's based on stress and need and um, how I'm sleeping or how my pain is and all that kind of stuff. And so in addition to those things kind of being more obvious, just keeping in mind that there was a period of time where I did, you know, testing with a professional and had um, adrenal fatigue issues that were identified via, you know, testing. And we worked on both lifestyle changes and um, 
supplements and dietary and then it became something I no longer needed right so I just I'm yeah. feeling like this yeah this list it's, is a, long. it's a long list yes and, I, and you might need one thing on the whole list yeah um or you know or, or two or you might need seven like it's it's very individualized I kind of more wanted to do a roundup of um the most common types of supplements that can help support uh, recovery and management of autoimmune disease. Uh, while also, you know, you can see that the overall philosophy here is not to, um, is not to say that diet and lifestyle are meaningless, right? They're all things that you're layering on top of diet and lifestyle, either to help dial in some aspect of diet and lifestyle that you have practical challenges to, um, or to help your body respond to diet and lifestyle choices because you have some kind of underlying confounding issue going on that is hindering your body from responding to those issues or to those good diet and lifestyle choices. So it's the, the overall philosophy is supporting um, the hard work that you're doing by making good diet and lifestyle choices as often as possible, right? So making sure that you are filling in the gaps that, um, you know, following a nutrient-dense anti-inflammatory diet and getting enough sleep and being active and managing stress as best you can, filling in the gaps that those things can't fill in by themselves, rather than trying to supplement as an excuse to not do the healthy diet and lifestyle. Yeah. And I think it's also important to remember that AIP is part of an umbrella of what we're calling a Nutrivore diet. And so if you are focused on a Nutrivore approach to life, which is prioritizing nutrient density in the foods that you eat and prioritizing lifestyle factors that increase your sunshine by going outside and taking a walk and sleeping and those sort of things. Um, it's not like, for example, veganism, where if you are strictly vegan, you have to take certain supplements because you can't get them from a vegan diet, right? Like, and so if, yeah. if the question is, what supplements do I need on AIP? You're not eliminating any fruits or vegetables that are required for your health and wellness. It, we're just sharing how very difficult it is in the modern day and age, given the food industrial revolution of how things now come to us clean and in a package and um, the same muscle cuts over and over and over again. It is, it's almost impossible for modern day and age to be inclusive of these foods. You can seek them out. You can work with a professional and, and, and do all these things. It's just, to me, there has to be a middle ground, right? Like I don't want to just take a supplement and not have a nutrient dense diet and think that that's going to be the same thing. But mm -hmm. I also don't want to stress myself out trying to hold some standard of perfection of like what it should be and then be so stressed trying to achieve that, that I'm not doing kind of a low hanging fruit of taking liver pills or whatever. Do you know, like, yeah. I guess I'm trying to help relay a sense of balance and comfort and knowing like the question was kind of simple and what do I add? And, um, the answer is, as Sarah said in the very beginning, like we could just tell you a very short answer, which that wouldn't make a very good show, which is you don't need any supplements on the AIP, but you do need to be aware of all of these things that you need. And so we would rather provide you with that information of the things to be aware of and what we commonly see in deficient people, AIP or not, right? Like the standard American diet is going to be way more deficient in nutrients than an autoimmune protocol focused on nutrient density. But that doesn't mean that you aren't going to benefit from probiotics, you know? Right. Yeah. No, okay. I mean, a hundred percent. I, I agree completely. So, 
um, take this as just a like base knowledge in terms of what type of supplements might be beneficial in what type of circumstance. Um, and then, you know, find a good practitioner to work with for that next level stuff. And also don't forget to check out Just Thrive at justthrivehealth.com slash the whole view, where you can save 15% off with the code, the whole view, because the one common theme here <laughs> has been the benefits of Just Thrive Probiotic. I'm, I'm like, really enthusiastic about this probiotic. I really think that it is um, unique and like uniquely awesome. And not the only thing that they carry either. So you can check out more of the things that they have and we love um, with code the whole view for 15% off. Thank you so much, Just Thrive, for sponsoring our show. Thank you, listeners, for hanging in. If you want to hear how we really feel, head over to Patreon, and um, we will be giving it to you straight. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Do you love the Whole View podcast? We'd love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen and share a podcast with your friends and family. And did you know that you can now get exclusive behind-the-scenes content on Patreon for less than the price of an almond milk matcha a month? Your Patreon membership supports us and gets you access to a monthly bonus episode. But not for kids' ears, because our bonus content is explicit. You can find us as The Whole View on Patreon for our real, unfiltered thoughts on this week's episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.